You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to the mind of the meanie, your weekly peek into the world, according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge, all contained in the mind of the meanie. I am your tour guide, Josh Chernoff, and he is The Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Oh, man. Uh, like they were saying, uh, pre-show, sun's out, guns out. Yeah, he's looking uh, uh, looking good over there in a little tankini. <laughs> Not yeah, man. It's uh, it, you know, I'm a summer person. Mm-hmm. I love spring. I love summer. And normally, uh, when we're recording, I got like the shade shut and you know the lights, and I'm illuminated. I was like, yeah, it's a beautiful day. Let me just crack a get a window open, get some sunshine in here, put on a tank top. Be all comfortable. Yeah, man. Because like, like we were saying off air with our Patreons that, you know, growing up in Atlantic City, I was always a summer guy, always down the beach, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood today. Just, uh, it's, a, it's nice out. It's not too hot. It's not oppressively hot. It's not yeah. too uh, cool to where, uh, you know, I can cut glass with my nipples. But, you know, just... Um, yeah, it's, it's. I'm in a good mood. I'm Stay good tuned mood. for our it's December it. episodes. Um. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's. I'm. Yeah, today was today's a good good day so far. So so far. Anything can happen. I probably just jinxed myself. Um, it was a, a Patreon member James Sorensen says perfect morning for mowing, which I was going to make a, a manscape joke, but they're actually uh, not sponsoring this week. They're sponsoring next week, so. James, come back with that joke next week. Um, but uh, but while you're at it, manscaped.com, promo code MEANY20, save 20%. I, they're always sponsoring as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah that, that code's um, always valid. So. Code's always valid, and the uh, yeah, the deal's always there, and go. They're getting so, a little freebie right here. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, for, uh, extra, I was out. Uh, extra coin. What's up? Hit them up for some extra coin for the, uh, yeah. the bonus mention. Seriously. Um and then you can take care of your coin purse. Um, <laughs> I uh, was out in the garden this morning, um, which is, was fine. Uh, <laughs> I was out there uh, just pulling some weeds and, and putting some uh, stuff starting to grow a little bit. So I had to put some cages around the uh, kind of doing a cage match with the tomatoes, you know. Um, yeah. Putting the cage on keep, there. Keep the critters away. Yeah. I got the old, uh, the, the big blue. You know, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, well, these aren't to keep the critters away. These are more to help it grow. 
Like, cause it, okay. so it can, it'll help it like go up as opposed to just going all over the place. But, um, my bad. Yeah. Um, it's all right, Meanie. We'll let you slide. Well, on this I, one. I live, I, I, well, I live you in South Philly thumb. where we, so I, I, I live in South Philly where we don't have yards. It's just yeah. concrete. So, uh, that's the one bummer about living here other than, you know, I love living in South Philly, but that's the only thing I miss is I miss it. You know, having a yard, yeah. you know, where you could just go out and put your feet in the dirt, and, and it's be cool. close with the earth. There, yeah. there's, yeah, I mean, there's look, there's pluses and minuses with it. Having the yard is great because you get to have a yard. Having the yard also means you have to care for the yard. So you know, yeah, I don't uh, miss that. Concrete's part, a little easier to care for, and and there are plenty of times yeah. I wish, I wish I just had concrete, but um, we don't <laughs> even have sidewalks in my neighborhood, which is weird. To I know, I noticed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just walk in the street, kind of. It's really or, weird. Because like, I grew up, I always had sidewalks in my neighborhood growing up. My wife, who grew up around this area, her neighborhood didn't have sidewalks either. And so she's just like, yeah, yeah it's normal. Just kind of. And I'm like, when I was a kid, that was kind of the safety measure. Like when your kids are riding, you know, and like we're riding our bikes. It was like, ride your bike on the sidewalk. Do not go on the street. Don't cross the street. Don't, you know. And yeah. you're like pretty safe knowing your kid's riding their bike on the sidewalk. Odds are. They're not going to get hit by a car. What am I right. supposed to do with my kids? Stay in the street, but not the street street. Only the street. Like. The beat street. Yeah. King of the oh. beat. Beat street. Nah. Yeah, shout out to beat street. That was a, that was a neat place. A, uh, there was a place called beat street <laughs> where people used to, I DJed there when I was younger. DJed bar really? bat mitzvahs. Oh, I was just talking about the uh, 1980s rap movie that was like. You know how, like, they put out, like, a movie, and then there's, like, a bunch of other movies similar, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, like, a, you know, there's a Meteor movie, uh, Deep Impact, and mm-hmm. then uh, they had the Bruce Willis movie, uh, Armageddon, you know, Meteors coming to Earth, yep. but, you know, back in the 80s, they had Beat Street, and then they started doing breaking and stuff like that, like, uh, you know, rapping, breakdance, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, just like, oh, this one was successful, let's do one identical. To it. Yeah, but they, they, they were all good, and the rapping was good, and there's like tons of cameos and stuff like that. Not like our cameos today. I wonder if the guy named Beat Street after that. He probably did because it really it was this it, guy. It, his name was Bobby it, Morgenstein, and Bobby Morgenstein, BMP, Bobby Morgenstein Productions, and he did weddings, bar mitzvahs, you know, party, all that stuff. He had a big DJ thing, and um, I DJed him for uh, I DJed for him for uh, like six months or something. Uh, a friend of mine who was a, a DJ for a long period of time, he's like, hey, we need a little extra help. And I'm like, you know, I can spin a couple CDs um, <laughs> and uh, I can make a mix. Uh, but it was, it was, it was fun. It was neat. Uh, the venue was great. All I ever thought about, like they had, it, it was all, like it, it made me think of like a kid's version of like a shotgun Saturday night. You know what I mean? Like how they were always in the bars and things. Um, it always comes back to wrestling. Oh, my. First of all, dude, anywhere I ever went in my childhood, and especially when I was like thinking about like starting my own wrestling, anywhere I went with an open space, I was like, put a wrestling ring in there. You could do a show. I remember walking yep. around places in Italy. And I'm just, I'm looking at the Coliseum and I'm thinking to myself, well, why doesn't Vince McMahon just come in? He can come in, he can build platforms all around here on the Coliseum to cover up. 
and then you put a ring in it, and you get to have a show from the Coliseum. Like, that would be incredible. And I still stand by it. And that. then put it on home video, and they could be yes. on Coliseum <laughs> home video. But I remember thinking, like, oh, they should do that. And it's like, I, I would look at all these venues, but, um, oh, my God, I went, there was a, um, a, a, a Jewish overnight camp had a, um, a big outdoor, like an out, outdoor synagogue area, like where, you know, they do services and stuff. And I took one look at that, and it's all like the, the seats rising up, and this great thing, and then the, the uh, lake behind it, this beautiful, picturesque view. And I looked yeah. at that, and I, and I thought to myself, I could put a wrestling ring right in the middle there, and this could be a hell of a thing. And, uh, yeah, so everywhere, always thought, put a wrestling ring I've, I've, I've killed several hours just fantasizing where I could run shows. Mm-hmm. Or, like, where I could watch shows. Like, my old, you know, growing up, my goal was to wrestle at my old high school, you know. But, you know, mm-hmm. by the time I got into the business, they uh, tore that down and built a, this brand-new state-of-the-art high school. <laughs> I went to the uh, went to the crappy high school, you know. just. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I always do that, man. Like, oh, man, you can run a show there. You can run, you know. Uh, yeah, I always wanted to run. Like I said, I always wanted to do uh, – Here's a cool thing. I want, always wanted to do a show at Atlantic City High School, the one I went to. But but I actually got to do a show at my grade school uh, that I went to That's in cool. uh, Gloucester, Gloucester City, New Jersey. And when I did the show, it, like, it had been the first time I had been in that building since like 1983. Wow. And uh, it was kind of cool. What, where were you in your career? When you did this, were you Blue Meanie? Like, oh yeah, it's blue, yeah, it's Blue Meanie. I was, uh, yeah. You know, everybody knows Big Slam Vader, who uh, yeah. recently passed, recently away. passed away. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I've seen him a, a few times on the Indies. Yeah, he went to grade school with my sister. Really? Uh, yeah, him and my sister were classmates, which is kind of cool, kind of crazy. Uh, Damn. She always, you know, his name's, you know, she always called him Waldo because you know he. When it became crybaby Waldo, then he was big slam Vader and all that <laughs> stuff. But he would book me, and I, you know, why not? It's twenty minutes from my house. And sure. then he said he was the school was Mary Ethel Costello School in Gloucester City, New Jersey. He's like, hey, I'm doing a show at Mary Ethel. I went, oh, absolutely, because yeah. like I went there up till like third grade, eighty two, eighty three. and then we moved to um, Lang City, eighty four. So I hadn't been in there. Since yeah. I was a kid. And it's amazing how your world is so much bigger yeah. when you're a kid. Like, the town I grew up in, like, kind of grew up in, you know, we lived in South Philly till I was two, three, and then we moved to Gloucester till I was ten. That town was huge when I was, like, a little kid. Now I go back, and it's just like, man. It's like two <laughs> you know, streets over so and you're done, yeah. So it's just like... um to go in that school and see everything from a an adult perspective, this mm-hmm. was mind blowing. But it was cool to actually wrestle in the gym. I used to play, and I'm like that's, looking uh, that's around. That's awesome. I think that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, imagine like you know, I was seen from a movie where you're looking around and you're just seeing like flashbacks of like things. Me doing the superfly snooker splash off the bleachers <laughs> onto the tumbling mats and stuff like that. I started reliving all this stuff, man. I would have done that show for free just to have that experience of being in that building again as a as an adult. You know, it's pretty cool. I uh, I was just at, we were talking off air that I 
um, the reason we're recording this on a Saturday because I actually just got back from Atlantic City. Um, I was down there. I actually was staying in Ventnor, um, where my family, uh, my grandparents always had a, a place. So it was a condo, a little uh, converted motel. And nice. uh, yeah, nice little place. And, and But I grew up going there. Um, this summer is actually the 29th year that uh obviously my grandmother passed last year but the 29th year that my grandparents phoned the place um and when it was a motel my family used to go there before it was you know uh but obviously this specific room has been for the last 29 years and you talk about walking around and just having just flashes you know i'm walking around this this is probably the first time i've ever been there by myself in in almost 30 years um, and cause we were, we're doing the show for fight down the showboat and I'm like, well, why don't I come down, check the place out? And cause no one was there last year. Um, so I'll check it out and see if it's something I can bring my family down and, you know, and so hopefully that'd we'll be great. That. Yeah. Hopefully we'll do that next, uh, next week or so. Um, but it, it, again, it was one of those things where first of all, like, it's this tiny little place, but I remember being there either with my grandparents or with my parents and, uh, and my two siblings. And, you know, so we're all crammed into this little place. But as a kid, it was perfect. It was what he, yeah. you know, and, and like, but now I look at it and everything does seem smaller. The one thing that didn't seem smaller, and this is the, the flip side of getting older, was I was like, you know, maybe I'll walk down to Atlantic City. Like, I used to always walk down Atlantic City. <laughs> and I'm walking, and I'm like, dude, this did not feel as long when I was younger, you know? And uh, Especially you're walking down to the showboat, which is... Like oh, I didn't walk the to the showboat. Up. No, I was going to walk... The showboat I drove for that, and I had all the equipment okay. and stuff. Yeah, God, no. I wasn't uh, going to do that. But, um, but no, I I, uh, I just walk, and I didn't make it the whole way. I, I turned around, yeah. like, right, I'll turn around and go back. But everywhere, every little place where you're going, like... You'd pass these little places, and, and I can picture having, and you can, you know, it's a tough thing, and we've talked a lot about these things over, you know, the past 64 episodes, and, you know, it's very easy to become down or depressed about something when you look and you go, mm-hmm. I remember spending the time with, you know, like my grandmother, my dad, the people have passed, and, and you have these memories, and of course, every memory from your childhood has, you know, rose-colored glasses as it is. So you block out the bad yep. memories and the good memories were the greatest times of your life, you know, uh, whether they were or weren't. But, um, but it's gotten to a point where I've started really getting excited about the idea of like renovating the place and, and breathing new life into things and looking at it and going, okay, well this thing's not there anymore, but that's okay because now there's this and now I can take my kids to this thing and I could do something, you know, and, kind of had new experiences. Like I walked down this one street where we used to walk to Wawa uh, from, <laughs> from our apartment. And we'd always like walk down and you'd at a certain point you'd cross the street. Cause there were these big like Dobermans that would bark at you. And I'm even like walking down and I'm thinking, and I see the fenced area and I'm like, Oh man, I wonder if they're still here. And then I'm like, um, yeah, they'd be in the Guinness book of world records if those dogs were, <laughs> we're still here. Um, it's been 25 years, but, um, yeah. but there was this, I used to, as a kid, there was this, um, it was either boxing or kickboxing or something, but there was this little like floor ring, like a pony ring, you know, it was like super low down and they had a big window and I used to walk by and, you know, we were talking about, you know, seeing everything as a, a wrestling venue, 
But I'm looking at it, and this is before I had ever seen a ring in person, other than like going to a WWF show at the Spectrum, and you know, and you're far back. And I would like stare through the window at this place, and now it's a cleaners. Um, oh wow! So that was a little, <laughs> it was a little disappointing. Yeah, I walked past it. And I'm like, I've, oh. I have those moments where I go back to Atlantic City, um, and and that's cool. You said like the place you went to as a kid is still there. Uh, every summer we would go to Atlantic City. We had this, my grandma called it a cottage, but uh, essentially it was like this little, I mean, maybe it was a cottage behind this. There's a a, uh, a bar, and then above the bar was apartments, and then behind the bar was another row of apartments. But then there's like this separate house. It was called it was called the Amory's Guest House. They had this sign outside that you could rent for weeks, a week, a month, or whatever. And we would go down there for a couple of weeks. And, uh, and you know, I remember I have these vivid memories of just taking the bus to Atlantic City as a kid. And there was always this curve in the road of the Atlantic City Expressway where everybody would kind of lean into the aisleway <laughs> and see this, uh, the look at the, the skyline. And you, you pull in and then... Go stay there. I I think about that place to this day, and I still have the smell of the wood in the place, or the, the you know whatever they used to clean it and stuff like that. And wow, just good memories. And uh, sadly, it got torn down, and it's uh, Caesars took you know bought the place, and it's where the Caesars garage is now. But Bay of Paradise, yeah, yeah, it went, it, yeah. We would go up to. Um, uh, there was an upper apartment uh, where the owners lived, and they, they would let us sit out on the balcony, and you could just, like, look down and watch the waves and stuff like that. And before there was the Ocean One Mall, there was the Million Dollar million dollar Pier down there. And, like, dude, I'll hear a song on the radio. Like, I'll hear a Springsteen song, or I'll hear a, a, a Sister Sled song or a Pointer Sister song. And it'll take me back to walking down the boardwalk in Atlantic City and the smell of peanuts in the air and candy and the rides and stuff Nostalgia, like, that. like the attachment that between shit. music and smell yeah. is incredible. And that's why yeah. something I love about the shore too is, and we can all joke about, you know, the, the Jersey Ocean. Like it, it was uh, when my, my mother-in-law was down in Florida and she was at the beach FaceTiming my kids and she's like, look at the look at the water and everything. And my daughter's like, wow, look at that. It's so blue. Like, I want to go yeah. to the beach. And I was like, well, we'll go to the beach, but it's a very different color um, when, you, <laughs> <laughs> when you go to our beach. But, um, but still, like, to me, that was the cool, like, as soon as I would park my car at, at our place and I get out and I walk right up onto the board, because it's right on the boardwalk. And I, I walk right up onto the boardwalk and... Just the smell of the air, everything. Yeah. You could close your eyes and it could be it could be two thousand five, it could be nineteen ninety five, it could be you know, it doesn't matter. It could be any time because you and you know exactly where you are and it's a real it's it's a cool it's a really cool feeling and and it's uh I joked before about like a mental health, you know, uh trip. Yeah. But it was a really it was really like there's something about being able to just watch the ocean and just kind of hang out and, you know, um, and, uh, went, went to, uh, custard's last stand, the best custard oh, okay. place in the world. Yeah. It's custard's 
Last stand. Um, you should you should walk in like uh, Buddy Delf and go, "Congratulations, <laughs> <laughs> you're the best." Oh man, no, that, it it, it uh, but it, it was good, and that was I treated myself after we we finished up at the showboat and grabbed the bike to yeah. eat. And when I was heading back, I'm like driving, 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 passing the place. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna keep going, and and I was just like, I wonder if they're open. I didn't even check. I'm like, I wonder if they're open, and they were open. And, uh, man, and I, I got myself a lot of custard. Um, dude, I do that. Like I'll drive, like, um, I, I used to live on this one small street. Like, like I said, I lived, oh, I lived a couple places in Atlantic city, but my, one of my favorites was I lived like, uh, the opposite end of, uh, Trump Plaza. And then we moved to this other little beat street, but it was such a cool little quaint little street. And um, when we w- – let me jump back. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, when we stayed at Anne Marie's guest house, uh, we became friends with the bartender at the, the the bar front. I think it was called Jack's Place. Uh, Jim McGettigan and his wife, Ann McGettigan. So we, we needed a place to, to move. Uh, unfortunately, Jim had passed, but we were still friends with Ann McGettigan. She's like, oh, well, there's a house down this, down this street. So we moved down that street, and our neighbor that was there in the first apartment building we lived with was now our neighbor in a new spot. Oh, wow. That's cool. And I, every time we go to Atlantic City, I drive down that street, and I know she's probably passed, and it, it, you know, it, it bothers me that like, yeah. I kind of lost touch. But I like to see what's going on in the street that I used to live on and see who's there. And it, and it basically hasn't changed at all, which is kind of cool. And that's the, thing, like, the place where I'm staying so – like I said, it was my grandparents' place, and they bought it. They would have been in their sixties when they when they bought the condo um, back in ninety mm-hmm. two, and um, they made friends that became their best friends, their next door neighbors. And it's you know, you kind of grow up back in that time. Like you grew up, we knew everyone. We knew all my grandparents' friends. They all knew who we were, and if you need, yeah. you could pop into you know any of their places if need be, and um, and. You know, look, it's my, I say my grandmother passed. My grandfather is 94 years old. Um, and him and one other woman, their next door neighbors were there. Uh, her husband passed last year and she's still around and, and that's it. Um, and it's, I mean, the place isn't vacant. It's filled up with new families and, and as it should, as a, as a place should, there's new families right. having great memories at this place. And, and that's an awesome thing. And that's why I want to go with my family and create new memories um, and just continue on. But, yeah, that stuff can get a little sad, you know, looking around. And I'm having memories of all these, of, of you know, my mom and my grandmother talking with all these, all the women around. And, uh, I, and I remember one time specifically being in the pool and my, and, my grandmother's there with all of her friends. My mom's down and she's talking and, and, uh, um, and they like, my mom like waves me over. She's like, this is my son, you know, showing off. And my grandmother's like, yeah, this is my grandson. This is all that. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you. My mom's like, uh, she goes, uh, oh, she's, that, that's, uh, I, you know, that's, that's Diane. Um, she's gay. And I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, and like, I was like, what? The woman's name was gay. That was her name. Gay. Oh. Um, 
I don't know what it was short for or whatever. Her name was Gay, and it hit me. I was like, my mom's just like, she's gay. And I'm like, because my first thought is like, mom, like, what do you, what? <laughs> like, my, mom, who does this? I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. going to hit on her. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, in case you've gotten any ideas about this, uh, this 70 year old woman here. Um, and I was just like, I was like, oh, and like, uh, and my mom's, after I said to my mom, I'm like, what do you, like, I was like, that was kind of, like weird and she's like her name is gay and i was like because i honestly didn't you know i was like like i assumed i'm like her name has to be i'm like but whose name is gay right. i'd never heard that before so it was really and this is back in you know this is probably like <laughs> maybe like 2001 or so so we weren't you know i don't know right. it, it was but yeah that always struck me but now but look a lot of those those people are are, are gone now but it, it's uh but you oh, know, dude, I think about I think about all those folks. Like, uh, we lived, a, we stayed at an apartment on Atlantic Ave, uh, kind of like a little bit past Caesars, mm-hmm. uh, and we always stayed on the beach where, like, you, uh, right now it's like Bally's or whatever. But it, it was something else, and we always stayed on that beach, and we made so many friends from just sitting in the same spot. Yeah, that like. You know, every year we'd go to the same spot and meet the same people and have the same jokes and have the same conversation. There's this old man, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Tui. And I remember his name because uh, I would go, hi, Jim. And my grandma would get on me. No, 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 no. You call him Mr. Tui. And and Mr. Tui was just like, no, no, no. He could call me Jim. And he's (laughs) like, it's like, but he's like one of the first guys to teach me how to swim. Like he was like this, he was like 80 slender guy but like he would not give a fuck he would just go out there and just dive and swim and give me pointers and tips on how to swim and like That's awesome dude when, when i first went to the beach as a kid i felt so bad for my poor grandfather because i was scared of the ocean mm. like he would have to like they would try to bring me to the ocean i would just scream bloody <laughs> murder and then my grandfather would have to sit with my dumb ass on the boardwalk you know mm-hmm. but then like something happened within the next year they took me down to Atlantic City, and I went in the ocean, and they couldn't get me out. So, and then along with, you know, playing ocean, and, and then Mr. Tui teaching me how to swim in the ocean and stuff like that, just, like, different memories and stuff like that. I still cherish, and, you know, like you said, you know these folks are gone, but you still have really good memories. And the thing know? is, like, these people, they they made an impact on your life, and it's... it's uh the best thing you can do is try and make an impact on the next generation, you know, whether it's your own children or it's, you know, you going to the shore and, you know, joking around with other, with, you know, with younger kids or something that are out on the beach or something like that. You know, you, you, that, that was really what I try to take away. Like I said before, you can get depressed over the stuff or you can look at it and you can say, Hey, it's pretty cool. Now I, now I get to be that, you know, Slightly, not not quite yeah. as old as you know the guy <laughs> the people we've been talking about, but but you get to yeah. look at it now and say you know um, like I had great memories of being on Ocean City Boardwalk as a kid, and yeah. I'm excited hoping next week if not next week then sometime this summer and take my kids down and we've been before I'm not saying like this is the first time but but that's the thing but now the you, the, wor- the world's opening up a little bit mm-hmm. and, last and you get to a point where those get to be down. your memories and and. Uh, it's easy yeah. to hold your own personal childhood as like the most important thing. It is. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, it's great to be able to then go and kind of give that to somebody else, you know? 
That's why I love watching movies like Stand By Me where, you know, just kids, they don't have any cell phones, they don't have any TVs in their bedrooms. It's just a couple kids walking along a railroad track, yep. kicking pebbles and <laughs> going to, you want to go find a dead body? Yeah, let's go look for a dead body. <laughs> and dude, when I was a kid, you just go out and play in the fucking dirt and just be a kid, yep. you know, and you know, I hate to get all George Carlin about it, but you know, uh, I, 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 cherished you know my childhood and i tried to do things when i'm around other people's kids to be the adult that i saw when i was a kid you know yeah, try to my be, kids love you they're, they're <laughs> big fans that's awesome and they got a lot of energy so uh yeah they do they may they keep me young so uh <laughs> make me old uh, so or maybe they maybe they're absorbing my energy. There, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's this alien they, they, thing. I don't yeah, know. They live off of other people. They just absorb their energy. And yeah, oh man. But, but I always uh, try to be like cool, Uncle Meanie or crazy Uncle Meanie. Mm-hmm. I got a my niece has kids now, and you know, always. I wish I had the time to hang out. You know, yeah. and more, and you know, hey, let's go to a ball game. Let's go do this, that, and other thing. But. Well, and especially with the, like the pandemic in general, like it, it's, I'm excited. Uh, so next, um, not next, next week, my son turns one the following week. Wow. Uh, my, my mom and, uh, and her husband and my, uh, uh, my brother and his wife and kids are all coming to visit. Um, we have not seen them since February of 2020. Uh, they have never met my my youngest son, obviously. Oh wow! Just doing math, wow. um, you know, and it, it's uh, and kids change so quickly too. I mean, if you look at the last time that they saw, um, like my daughter had just turned five. Now she's like six and a half. My son was still two, you know, and now he now he's four, and like it it's so it's incredible. And then my brother has you know my my you know nieces and nephew, and and it's uh it's really going to be cool to get to see them and have them all get like, we were even talking about when they all come the first night, we're going to get some pizza and get a cake and celebrate my son's first birthday. And we were like, Oh, well, what will our seating arrangement be? And we realized like, I can't believe this. These kids are old enough that we can actually have a kid's table. Like we've never, the last time we were all together, we couldn't do a kid's table. We had to be there with our kids, making sure, you know, like my two year old couldn't go sit at a table by himself and eat. Like we had to make sure that he was, you know, not choking on his food and everything, but all the kids are going to be, because my niece is almost 10 years old at this point. Wow. And it's just crazy. Like, so they're all going to hang out and really excited about it. And then my, my sister and, and, and her husband, you know, they're down in Florida still. So we're going to see them hopefully in August. Um, but they've got this little guy who is just, I, I just can't wait to squeeze this, this, fat little baby he is so <laughs> but he's not even a baby anymore he's like a year and a half old last time i saw him he's three months old and i i can't but i've thankfully through facetime and and videos you know she'll send all this stuff it's hard to uh, believe that i haven't seen him since he was a three-month-old little baby because i remember watching him grow up because thankfully because of uh like i couldn't imagine what this pandemic would have been even 10 years earlier I I couldn't imagine it's, you know, it's so it's exciting to get to see, you know, and and get to be, I also like the idea of being able to get to be the fun uncle um, because that's how I started. You know, I had, I had a, a, 
you know, a niece before I had my own daughter. So I got, I was just the fun uncle. And, uh, you know, so it's nice to be able to have that. And, you know, but this has been a weird, uh, you know, this past week, just between, for me, just like a nostalgic week last night. Um, I had the 20, a 20th anniversary zoom call with, (laughs) uh, with friends from high school, uh, Wow. Last night, as we record this, of so Friday, June eleventh, was uh, my twentieth anniversary of my high school graduation, and we managed to almost get everybody. We did a ten year time capsule, so this was like the tenth anniversary of the time capsule. So we try, we were hoping to get everybody back, and one guy couldn't make it because he's actually a choral director at a school, and was stuck mm-hmm. at graduation. Um, so he couldn't make, he kept texting. He's like, this thing's lasting forever. This lasting forever. So, but we got to at least like kind of all text him while we were talking. So it was all right. But, uh, man, it was, it was crazy though, to just get together 20 years later with these people. And, you know, these are the people that I sat playing, you know, WrestleMania 2000 with playing, playing <laughs> as the blue meanie, you know? And, That's uh, funny. so it, it's, uh, it, it really, it's been a very nostalgic week. For me, um, and to bring it all back, my twentieth uh, high school anniversary reunion was at the showboat. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so it all ties back into yeah. the showboat in Atlantic City. I'll tell you, so. the showboat. When I was walking through, like to cut, when I was leaving, there was this. Uh, Mike took me through this like back area, and it was just what used to be casino floor. And it's just empty. Old old really? uh, games just kind of sitting there, everything. And it really was like a, a like I couldn't believe it because th- that this entire section was just empty. Um, so those things are not, not doing is, well. Is the showboat just a hotel now? And not no, no, no. They still had a casino section. But it was almost okay. like uh, like you have your hallway going down and there's casino on one side, casino on the other. But one of those sides is completely like curtained off and it was just, it oh, was wow. closed up. Yeah. Um, weird. yeah. Um, very, very weird. Um, but <laughs> Hey, look, it, it, it's hopefully things will get, things will kind of get back on track. I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to just seem like it's just all oh, the good old days. Everything was better. Everything. Like, there's so many amazing things today that we were just talking about. Of with, course. You know, FaceTime things. Like, look, 10 years ago, we couldn't do this where we've got people no. watching us live right now. And, uh, you know, our Patreon members who joined us over patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. And we hope that you'll join us as well. Um, come in, come have the uh, pre-show fun. Yeah. We had a <laughs> lot of fun to the point where we had to cut ourselves off. Cause we're like, Hey, we need to do a show. And, we're, uh, yeah, we're uh, leaving too much here. Uh, yeah, so, um, but no, we love our, our Patreon members, uh, and we love all of our listeners. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so so what else is going on, man? I feel like I've been uh, kind of waxing no, poetic no. a little bit. Dude. Uh, poetic's what I call What? Oh. <laughs> What'd you say? I was... No, I didn't say anything. Oh. You, I was I was giving you enough rope. What to I hang what yourself, I call so. my desk. I have a glass desk oh. here, so I keep it nice and shiny. Uh, I'm gonna no, crack. A little, I'm gonna crack a little uh, aha open. I kind of beat you to the punch. I yeah. I couldn't wait. I, I had to get my ugly uh, peach in. Mango black tea, 
Caffeine sparkling water with caffeine electrolytes. Aha. Aha. So what did you have? You had peach? Yeah. uh, I still have the remnants of uh, the peach. Nice. Uh, Ugly. How? Man, is is that one that you bought on your own? No, nah, it's still from the case because I. How like, did you not finish those? I was nursing them for the show. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I didn't. I was do torturing. That. <laughs> I, I was torturing myself. Yeah. Where I would, you know, it's like, hey, they were nice enough to send us these cases. I'm gonna have. I, it would it would suck if we you know, we're doing like weeks and weeks of shows and I'm all out of product to yeah. uh, display, you know? And hey, look, they're, they're not currently sponsoring us, but the way we do it is this. We only take on sponsors of companies that we really believe in and we really, yeah. we really like. So even when they're not sponsoring, we still promote them uh, yeah. because they were, you know, they, they were great. They're a great company. Um, they were great to us, and uh, I'm sure they'll be back as sponsors at some point. But uh, we yeah. can't we can't recommend uh, Ugly enough. The Ugly yeah. drinks, they're fantastic. So go check them out. Um, as I open up my second seltzer, do it a little <laughs> liqueur. Vanessa Before says, "Waxing out. nostalgia." Uh, episode name suggestion. Write it down. That's it. Waxing nostalgia. Cause I swear to God, you last week you're like, "What would you call the show?" I don't fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> From now, it's gonna be like you ever see those things of like the the like a birthday cake that like says written on it, like uh, "I want this cake to be left blank." You know, that's yeah. just gonna be from now on. What should we name the show? Fuck, I don't know. And that's what you're gonna say. All of a sudden, that's what the name of the episode is. Um, I ha- I have a photo of my confirmation cake. Yeah. Uh, 83, 84. No, man, I was 84, 85. I had my confirmation, and the cake said, congratulations, brain. Because well, they misspelled Brian. Without so. without your brain, you never would have gotten to that confirmation. It wasn't like uh, it wasn't like an insult. So I was like, all right, I'll take it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Give me some of that brain cake. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Hey. Let's talk a little yes. bit about cello toys for a second. Um, oh, absolutely! If you're listening to they're this, they're doing out, wonderful things, man. Dude, they're doing great. That company is fantastic. Um, you know, if you're watching this, I'm holding, of course, action figures. Um, Meanie's got his over, over his shoulder. Um, yeah, they they have done such an incredible job, uh, and we are proud to announce that their uh, cello toys has sold out. Of the Mind of the Mini Two Pack, including the that's, damaged packaging, it's um, mind blowing. And JB Toys and Collectibles has sold out of the Mind of the Mini Two Pack, so the only place you can still get them is at mindofthemini.com. Um, we still have some. We have. I don't have the exact numbers, but you know there was a lot of damaged packaging, and we were given the opportunity to send them back. But then we thought to ourselves. Well, if it's damaged packaging, we could cut like two bucks off. If you're going to open it up anyway, save a couple of bucks, right? Get yeah. the damaged packaging ones. And there's definitely enough for us to sign too. But here, There's folks who like to let them breathe. Yes. But here's the, the thing. James saying, love my action figures. Um, we love you. Yes. We love all of you. But 
Here's the, the uh, but even more if you buy our uh, <laughs> action figures. But here's the the thing, and we made an announcement. So as we, everybody else cancels their memberships, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, we have uh, so uh, we made an announcement that we sold out of all of our signed figures, and then I found four of them um, <laughs> that apparently were just tucked away while I was going through other ones. So we actually have four signed ones. So I'm going to open that up again um, for people to to go order. So if you're thinking about that, I will actually open it up on Monday. Um, so if you're listening to this, uh, there you can get four more before we say that it's out of stock again. Um, we intend on getting more uh, signed ones. So... That involves me and I getting together and signing the figures, which, you as know. As long as there's cake. Yeah, as long as there's cake. So, uh, so we're going to plan it. So my son's birthday is, is next week, so we'll plan it for just a couple of days afterwards. We'll have some leftover cake. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, so here's pretty much how it goes. We have a, 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 we have a good amount left. Um. Not, I mean, as far as what can be signed, there's probably only about 50, 50 or 60, if that, uh, yeah. two packs that I would say are of a mint condition that could be signed. Because um, mm-hmm. even if they're in, like not damaged, there's damage packaging where things are like falling off the, you know, and it, it's not really good. It's ripped or whatever. Then there's like normal packaging where it might be like slightly bent or whatever and it'll probably just fix itself. But we're not going to sign those because if you're planning to keep it mint on card, we don't want to sign ones that are like even the slightest little bend uh, if you want it to be signed. We want it to be as nice because we actually had somebody send one back because they weren't thrilled with uh, that there was like the tiniest little bend or something. And so we, you know, here's what it is. Um, but we're, we appreciate we appreciate them. Um, so, long story long, pretty much what, what I'm trying to get at here is if you want signed copies, go pre-order them now. Because when we... Eventually, if people... People are continuing to order the non-signed ones. So, we can only sign them... We can only put them aside to sign if you've pre-ordered. Otherwise, we're going to sell them, and then there won't be anything left for us to sign. So if you want the signed ones, pre-order them right now um, over at mindofthemeanie.com because they are going fast. We are very, very lucky. They are continuing to to go quickly. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to be... We're probably going to hold some for when we do stuff in person, right? Yeah. Um, but but at the same, I mean yes when, and no. Whenever the world opens up, <laughs> right? I guess I'd be like yes and no. Like, yeah, we want to hold some to be able to like sell at a table. But what are we really going to tell somebody who's just like, I'd like to buy this? We're going to go. No, we have to wait because we want a table. No, we're just going to sell them. So if they're gone, yeah. they're gone. Um, so make sure you get them. Pressure's on, bitch. Yeah, because I will say <laughs> I this. I don't know why I say that. There. Odds are, we can't confirm or deny, but odds are there will down the line, we will work with Cella Toys 
in the future. They're, they're great to work with, great stuff. But I will say this. You will never see this Mind of the Meanie two-pack again. They are not going to re-release the two-pack. Um, if for it, no- it, 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 was a, it was a good concept, but it turned to be the two a packs, little bit much for them. Yeah. Or hard to ship. They're difficult to ship and everything, and they basically were like, yeah, you know, we're there's a better, like, let's say there's like a tag team or something. Chances are what you're going to do is you're going to get like a deal to buy, think Axe and Smash from Hasbro. Axe and Smash came in that first series as singles. Later on, they had the tag team of, of Smash and Crush where you could get the two-pack. But think of it this way. From Cello Toys, I'm pretty sure you're going to get singles of, of tag teams and maybe there'll be some sort of a deal or something where you can buy, you know, you know, uh, uh, get both of them for a slight discount or something. I don't know. And that's up to them what they want to do. But I will say these Mind of the Meanie two-packs, you will, while we hope to work with them again and do more stuff with them, you will never, ever, ever, once these are sold, they are gone. Uh, and that was by design too. Because even before we knew it was a problem to do the two packs, it was by design because if we reissue them again, then they're not worth as much. And we want them to be worth something to the people who are keeping them mint on card and have them signed. We want there to be value. For those, fo- for those folks who are willing to be the first ones in line, we want you to have the benefit of saying you got yeah. like the first batch yep. of Minded Amini action figures. You should be rewarded. And, uh, and that's why they'll just be limited to that run. And there are a lot of uh, uh, completist collectors. And so if you're like a collector of Blue Meanie figures, right? You've got your, uh, uh, the one from, what it, what's the company called? Figures Toy Company? Yeah, yep. Figures Toy Company. You've got your Micro Brawler. Um, and I am sure there are going to be, now that, I mean, if you have your your finger on the pulse of the independent action figure lines there are so many coming out and doing Chella now is doing their their seven inch ones there's lots of different things there's going to be uh without even knowing for a fact i'm comfortable guaranteeing that there will be more blue meanie action figures so if you're a completist you need this two-pack because this figure right here that i'm holding with the mind of the meanie t-shirt and the at Blue Meanie BWO and at Mind of the Meanie on the back, this figure will never be released outside of the two-pack. Could you get a repaint maybe one day wearing a different shirt? Sure, probably. But you'll never get this one. So if you're a completist, you need this one. And this is the original. Can't have a repaint without having the original. That's just a rule. So <laughs> It's laws of physics, damn it. Yep. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, no, but there's not we're we're really pleased and, and really appreciative of everybody who's who's bought the two packs. It, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was about to say that. Yeah, just the fact that this uh little old podcast can put out a two pack of action figures and sell the quantity they, they sold mm-hmm. uh is is very, very cool, very flattering. Yeah. And the fact that we still have some um it's, we have sold, I want to say at this point, I don't know exactly, but we've sold two thirds at least of, of what we had 
of what we actually got to sell from mindofthemeanie.com. And we had significantly less than what Chella and JB Toys had to sell. So it, it's, I mean, it's really flattering. Um, there are a lot of people with, my, with, with blue meanie figures on display, a lot of uh, trash cans with my figure on display. It's, uh, you know, it's really, it's really cool. Um, but no, people have been posting things too, which is, this is the coolest part. The um, uh, Retromania uh, I Arcade, is that what they're called? Yeah. Um, I Arcade, um, I know there's like two eyes, so I'm always like uncertain at how to pronounce it. I I Arcade. Yeah. Um, people have been posting on social media all of these pictures where it's like, here's their setup with the I Arcade, and here's me and Meanie sitting on it. <laughs> and yeah. like, then people would be like, here's my whole Hasbro collection. And it's and I'm like, why did they tag me in this? This is weird. I mean, cool collection, really neat. And then all the way up in the corner, sitting on the top, next to like a a, a two up Ultimate Warrior, there's me and Meanie. And I'm like, <laughs> this is insane. And and you know, we've talked about this before. Like I look at it and I go, me like obviously Meanie. They got a retro Meanie. They want to throw him in there. But the fact that people have have wanted to have my figure is so flattering and so cool. Um, I, I have an action figure that has been to places in this world that I've never been. And that's <laughs> really cool. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, James saying, Josh, your, uh, your action figure is amazing too. Thank you. It's, it's, I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, it's, it's so weird. Uh, <laughs> it is, it's, uh, it's awesome. And we really are grateful to everybody who's purchased them and the concept art. That's been really cool too. We've sold so much of the concept art, the signed uh, concept art, which was just, I mean, the artwork on that was incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, the fact that people want that, um, it, it's, it's awesome. It's just been such a cool experience. And, and now, Meanie, we've got wrestling buddies coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Uh that's something I grew up with as a fan and watching WWE and you see the ultimate warrior, Hulk Hogan, boss man, all the, the great wrestlers who had wrestling buddies. And then now in you know this day and age, I get to say, I have one. It's really cool. It's just another thing to, to knock off my buddy. My, not my buddy list, my <laughs> uh, bucket list. It's definitely but, off the buddy list. Yeah. Yeah. My, my uh, bucket buddy list. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, I can't wait to uh, get a few of those just for myself, um, and just uh, adorn my uh, <laughs> the mini studio, train mini studios with the uh, the Russell Buddy. But seriously, I've seen what they've done with for other folks too. They did the Mean Gene one. They did a David Boy Smith one. Mm -hmm. There's a Delirious Amazing. Raven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot. Awesome of, shit. A lot of people there. Um, I, I want to kind of just go through some of the stuff for people who are listening who maybe haven't heard before because August 7th, Saturday, August 7th, we are going to be doing an in-person and a virtual signing um, at Brothers Gatter Studio and Store, 4317 Main Street, Port Henry, New York, 12974. Again, that's the Brothers Gatter Studio and Store, 4317 Main Street, Port Henry, New York, one two nine seven four. Um, 
The meet and greet's going to be from 1.30 to 4.30 p.m. Uh, mountain time, I believe. Um, and virtual, we'll be doing uh, 10.30 to 1. Um, definitely go, and, and uh, if you can, we would love to see you in person. But I am going to recommend ordering, reserving your, your, uh, your time RSVP. Now you can get your time for the virtual virtual is going to run out probably even faster than the, uh, than the in-person I feel like, but, um, make sure that you do it uh, a little bit about the event. You know, we're going to be there August 7th, uh, 2021. Again, like I said, the brothers gather studio and store, uh, from 1.30 PM to 4.30 PM to do in-person, um, it's going to be a meet and greet and buddy signing event. We'll be hanging out with them all day, talking wrestling, art, family, and maybe even legendary monsters. Uh, definitely look into the monster in, in the area there. Um, but here's what your ticket uh, to the event includes. Blue Meanie and or Josh Chernoff collector wrestling buddies signed in person. The mind and body sticker, which is awesome. And the blue blot, 8x10 original art print, uh, a photo op with your personal camera, and, of course, the meet and greet um, with us and the Brothers Gatter crew. Um, and then if you decide to do virtual, it's pretty much the same thing, just you're going to be on the computer watching us sign your stuff, and then it'll be <laughs> shipped out to you. But make sure if you want these, because these are super limited. So we're talking about how we've sold out of all the other stuff. If you're Patreon, not Patreon, doesn't matter. There's no special thing. If you want this, we are not selling them personally. We will not have them to give to you. This isn't going to be, you know, something that we we put a couple aside. Uh, you know, we're going to buy some ourselves to have because we want to have them. But make sure that you order them right now. And if you want it to be a part of the meet and greet and you want it to be signed, order the meet and greet. Do the, uh, you know, do the virtual one. Um, do the in-person one, whatever it is you need to do. If you're not sure if you'll be able to do there, do the virtual. And I'm sure they will happily switch you over to in-person if it turns out that you're able to make it. Um, so, you know, we, we don't want you to miss out on these. Again, it's one of those things. I'm a big fan. We've talked about before the major wrestling figure podcast. And when they've always done their stuff, what I've loved about it is um, that it's when it's gone, it's gone. So if there's going to be another meanie buddy or another Josh Chernoff buddy, chances are meanie's going to have a different hairstyle or wearing a different shirt. I'm going to have a different tie. It, it, it's these are I I love the idea of creating demand and having these collectors items so that you feel if you're like meanie said if you're first in line, we want you to feel special. We we want this is our way of saying thank you for this support is that you're going to have something that it's not going to be like, hey, get this limited edition right now. And then two years from now, we're like putting out the same limited edition and you're like, okay, I guess there's no value to mine anymore. Um, so once these are gone, they're gone. So make sure that you get them and, uh, and enjoy them uh, and snuggle with them or whatever it is you want to do. But uh, we hope to see you on August 7th. I'm excited doing that we're gonna do the podcast live first thing in the morning super yeah, early 
It's <laughs> gonna be terrible. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, it'll be fun. Uh, to see what I what comes out of my head first thing in the morning will be uh, yeah. interesting. So curious to see what comes nah, out of your ass first thing in the morning. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it'll it'll be a it'll be a good time, man. I'm excited. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, hey, you know what? What else is exciting? What's that? When we get to ask Meanie anything, you want to do that? Woohoo! I would love to. Let's do it. It's time to ask Meanie anything. Ask me something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> ask Meanie is brought to you by us. Um. <laughs> P Sig Siege, I don't know, at CFG72730 writes, besides McCuskers and the ECW Arena, which Philly site that is most likely not listed in most, quote, top tourist attractions in Philadelphia lists would you recommend visiting to foreign tourists? Wow. Uh, Eastern State Penitentiary, maybe? Ooh, that's a good one. A lot of people don't talk about that place, but uh, it's been in man. It was one of the first big penitentiaries in the in this country, and a lot of uh, other places modeled theirs after ours. After not ours, after the uh, Easter State Penitentiary, but uh, also it was featured in movies and documentaries and. Uh, TV shows. Uh, Tina Turner did the music video there. They filmed the the movie Twelve Monkeys there. But uh, if you go there, uh, go. I would. I recommend going there in the daytime and taking the audio tour. They give you a little uh, headset and a little uh, like almost like a Walkman. And what you do is you walk up to a placard and you hit the number that's on the placard, and it'll you can read along. And it Steve Buscemi does the. Uh, the audio tour. So he'll give you facts about that part of the penitentiary and stuff like that. And then if you're there at the right time to have like little off the road tours there, like, uh, they have the, the synagogue there. Then they take you to where, uh, uh little, uh, was it, uh, they have an area dedicated to the synagogue. Then they have another area dedicated where they talk about the riots that happened there one time. Uh, I'm going off memory. It's been a while. But uh, uh, Easter State Penitentiary, definitely. And the the cool thing is, it's like right in the middle of a small neighborhood. Like they built this neighborhood around it. So, uh, you know, Ghost Hunters has been there. I went on the ghost hunting thing there with some of the ghost hunters and uh, did a a tour there and stuff like that. So it's really cool. So if you're from out of town, and uh, you've been to the Rocky Steps, you've been to Pets and Geno's, uh, you've been to Betty Ross's house and, you know, all that good stuff. Go to Easter State Penitentiary. Um, That underscore Clyde underscore guy writes, best hashtag bar food at McCusker's Tavern. Oh, man, they really haven't done food in a while. But uh, I always would say their, their wings back in the day when – like, it, it got to be a bit much between bartending and going back and cooking and coming back and waiting on another person to drink and all that stuff. Mm. So, but, like, their wings were, like, amazing. So, like, back then, like, if you went there when they served food, it was either, it was definitely the wings. Um, Another food uh, question here. Uh, they Chris, introduced me to, sir, 
They introduced me to sriracha, by the way, too. Uh-huh. They did uh, sriracha wings, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Um, Chris at Chris WD two thousand nine. Uh, what were some of this? Is not a food one. I'm sorry. Uh, let's do the food one first. Uh, this comes from our, our good buddy Ringside Rant at Ringside Rant uh, RJ, who's joining us right now um, on Patreon. But uh, what would your last meal consist of? Appetizer, main course, and dessert. Hmm. Probably everything I've been eating the last couple of days. <laughs> uh, probably a steak, a barbecue, like a grilled steak, or with a sweet potato. Uh, appetizer, not sure, but dessert, probably a pecan pie, mm. something like that, some kind of pie, or apple pie with ice cream on it. I don't know if 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 I was if this was meant for me as well, but I'm gonna answer anyway. Go for so it. Appetizer, yeah. I'm not entirely sure, but what popped to mind was like really good uh, mozzarella sticks. Yeah. Um, I, I'm prefacing this by saying it'd have to be like the best mozzarella sticks in the world, but I feel like that would be an appetizer I could get behind. Um, yeah. Main course, I'm going to go with ravioli. <laughs> and not special over-the-top ravioli. I'm talking frozen-in-the-bag ravioli with some uh, uh, just generic sauce. Nothing special. It's like I had growing up. I just... Loved it. It's my favorite thing. It's what I have on my birthday every year. Um, and then my my dessert would also be what I have on my birthday. That's why this is an easy one to answer. My dessert would be dirt. The uh, the dirt dirt. It is uh, like a chocolate pudding and Oreo cookies all crumbled up, and it's uh, it's really freaking good. Um, <laughs> and that would be it. I would basically, but that would also be the way that I would want to die. If that's my last meal is I would basically want to eat the dirt until I go into like a diabetic coma and that's it. Um, Cause there's times where, you eat, where I'm eating that I'm eating that and I start having like the sweats, you know, get sweating under the <laughs> eyes and like, you know, and, and I'm like, all right, we gotta, we gotta stop it here. So I basically just keep pushing through until I start like vomiting and, you know, um, but that's uh, that's the plan there. Uh, the other question that came from Chris was, uh, what were some of the creative excuses promoters came up with to not pay Josh or the Blue Meanie on the indies? We've talked about, we've gotten questions similar to yeah. this before. Um, I've never had a, a creative one other than there was that one Putts that just kept going like, uh, oh, I'm going to have to get you a little later. Oh, I'm going to PayPal you later. Oh, I'm going to do it. And it was, that wasn't creative. That was just being a scumbag. So, you know, um, Meanie, what about you? Uh, There was always the infamous uh, promoter had a heart attack. (laughs) They had to take him out, you know, before the main event. And uh, then you always hear stories about like uh, how, you know, the house was light, so the promoter would put on a battle royal last, <laughs> a last-second battle royal, so while every wrestler is in the ring, he can leave out the, you know, the back door with the uh, the money yep. and stuff like that. And uh, in those cases, you know, since the bell rings, one guy gets eliminated right away and runs to the back and, uh, you know, tries to make sure the, the promoter's still there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to me, like, there's been a couple shows where, oh, so-and-so, I, he was, he's not feeling good, uh, his heart. 
Come on, man. How many promoters having fucking heart attacks? Yeah. I mean, it's a and stressful there, there job, a t- but not that stressful. Um, I, was on one sh- I, I was on one show, and fucking Tito comes up to me and goes, hey, you might want to go talk to this promoter. I, th- I think he's trying to pull a fast one. And uh, me and Tito went up to the promoter. And, uh, you know, Tito's like, yeah, we're, you know, made sure, we're, you know, we're getting paid. And the guy gave Tito a money order, which Tito said, you know what? You take this to me. I'll get my money from him, which was kind of cool. It's awesome. You know, so, really awesome. Yeah. Because that's Tito's money order. Really it's definitely. paid. You're getting it guaranteed. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was a random show in Canada, and I got to watch Tito Santana work Greg Valentine. That was pretty wow. cool. And here's another funny story about that show. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Uh, our listener uh, and good friend, Steve Golf, mm. uh, one of our patrons, Steve Golf. Uh, this, this was that show, and I was like, man, this show's a little weird. He's got... Guys flying me into Canada. I don't know who's picking me up. Hey, you want to go to a show? You want to hang out? It's like, sure. So we run into fucking Norman Smiley at the airport. I was like, hey, ride with us, right? So we, you know, we ride an hour or so into Canada and uh, do the show. And me and Smiley are standing there and watching people put out chairs. And Norman goes, man, this guy's putting out a lot of chairs. <laughs> <laughs> As in, like, I hope he. Then I can get Phil. Yeah, Yeah, I hope. uh, I hope he's. So every now and then I'll randomly text Norman Smiley. I think that guy's still putting chairs out. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, "Me and he, good to hear from you." And uh, you know, but yeah, yeah, we've I've I've heard I've either heard them all or I've experienced some of them. Um, but that's the thing: if you don't have the money to run a show, don't run the fucking show. Yeah, make sure you have all of the money. Before you go into it, so if you're going to run a show, if you're going to run a show, assume as soon as you say yes, I'm doing a show, you're ten thousand dollars in a hole. <laughs> well, look, I and mean, then, it's pretty much this: if you're booking talent, you start off with your budget and you book yeah. the talent that you can afford. You book the venue that you can afford and the ring you can afford, and and you you unfortunately, I think pro wrestling. Yeah, Everybody can do it. You know, I I ran a show when I was 15. I ran shows when I was 19. I did things like that. Um, and I can tell you, it's not easy, but you can, you can book a venue. You can do all that. Now, I made sure to do it the right way. I made sure that I had an envelope with everyone's name on it, with everyone's pay in it, um, envelopes ready to go, so that everyone was getting paid no matter what the gate was. Because to me, that's how you do business. And not even how you do the wrestling business. It's how you do business in general. I, I, I've always believed that a person's handshake should, should be as good as their signature on a contract. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. That your word has to mean something. Because if your word doesn't mean something, what do you have? You know, what... It's all about reputation. I I would rather have had a reputation of people going, rather than being like, oh, man, it was a, it was a great crowd, but, yeah, the promoter's kind of whatever, but it's a great crowd. I'd rather have the reputation of, yeah, not a lot of people showed up, but if Josh books you, you're getting paid. 
You know, like that was more important to me. Now, I obviously wanted, it was a great crowd and Josh paid us. Um, you know, that was the goal. But uh, yeah. a lot of people can just put on a wrestling show because they all think they're going to just make money. And I, I've been to shows where you see the promoter and he's just, it's his first time. He just doesn't understand. I booked the names. I put up flyers. Why isn't anyone here? And like, man, it, there's, there could be a million reasons. And I don't think people understand. You, you look back at like ECW and I don't think people sometimes realize why ECW was so big because that could have just been an indie. That could have yeah. never gotten bigger than just being a Northeast indie. And it's, um, it, it's, it's, it speaks to what it was that it became as big as it, as it became. But, um, I just, to me, yeah, like what Meany said, like, just don't, don't run a show if you can't afford it, you know, run yeah. it like a business. Don't run it like a hobby. Even if you're doing it once every six months, run it like a business. The same way with this podcast, you know, we like to joke around being the, the, you know, least professional professional podcast or whatever <laughs> it is that we, we, we used to say. But we run this podcast like a business. We know what our overhead is. We know what our budget is for certain things. If we have merchandise that we want to do, if we have events that we want to plan, if we have, you know, it is run like a business. So, I mean... Look, it's not the greatest business, but you know, but it's run like a business so that we know that we can afford to do the things that we're promising that we want to do. We can we can afford this, we can afford that. We know that there is no way we're going to, you know, reach out to you guys and say unfortunately the the show is going to have to end because we can no longer afford the overhead of of hosting the site and do it like all of that stuff is done. We know, we know going into it, we had a budget and that's what it should be. Uh, RJ writes, memories of Dusty Rhodes. Oh man. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I told my story. <laughs> yeah. A burger. Uh, for those who hadn't heard it, uh, I did one of those wrestle reunions. Uh, I did one in uh, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, maybe t- 2004. It's, it's like right after One Night Stand. And uh, I got to do a eight-man tag with, it was me, Dr. Tom Pritchard, D'Lo Brown, and Dusty Rhodes versus Test, Steve Carino, Doink, which was Matt Bourne, and uh, the real male doink. superstar. Yeah, the real Doink. And uh, and Matt Superstar. Belidi, and uh, we did. It was professionally filmed, and I, for whatever reason, it's never come out. Uh, but uh, you know, me and Karina are standing there going, "Like, is this really fucking happening? Are we really, <laughs> we're really in this ring with all these people." And it's funny. Uh, last night, I uh, you know, yesterday I posted a photo of me and Dusty from that match. But there's other matches where I got uh, I got me, Doctor Tom. Dusty and D'Lo to do the meanie dance. And I took uh, those photos and, and texted them over to D'Lo Brown. And he uh, he was really happy that I shared them with him. So, uh, and then, like, you know, I did a wrestle reunion in Florida. And uh, that's the night I worked Kamala as uh, Blue Mala. I was a blue Kamala. <laughs> and um, we're, we're driving back to the hotel. And um, 
it was one of the guys from the show and you know driving and of course dusty you get the front seat i'll i'll be the guy in the back like wayne's world <laughs> and uh hey guys how you doing uh if you're gonna screw and uh up, yeah screw into this. <laughs> yes and um I was just, it was like one of those things, you know, I got the thing where I, I have a cutoff point before I don't eat X amount of hours before I'm a match because then it'll just turn into a Gallagher show. Just blah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I made sure I didn't eat before my match because I didn't want to get sick during my match. So we're driving back to the hotel and, you know, Dusty's telling a story. I go, and I pipe up and go, hey, guys, uh, any chance of, uh, you know, can, can we stop over there at Burger King and, uh, you know, maybe get a couple sandwiches, take back to the hotel? And you just hear fucking Dusty deflate like, uh, burgers. Burgers. Not, not, not beer, but burgers. Meanie, I thought you were going to say, hey, guys, let's, let's stop at the gas station and get a thick pack. Let's get some beer. Nah, some burgers. Meanie. If Blue, if Dickie Murdoch was in this car, that'd be a fifth fight right now. And I just started laughing. And uh, we we did go through Burger King. I got some burgers. Dusty did not. And then eventually we stopped at the gas station. He got his little six-pack to go back to the <laughs> hotel room. He's just like, burgers. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. And it was pretty cool to be, you know, be around Dusty because, like, uh, you know, I had been around him before, but then like when I was running three PW, we booked him from three to three PW. So that was a, I didn't really, I wasn't really in my right state of mind at those shows. So it's like, I really didn't get a chance to like hang, hang with Dusty. So the, do the wrestle reunion shows and tag with Dusty, ride back to the hotel with Dusty, you know, get to have some conversations. Uh, those are moments I cherish. Uh, James Sorensen writes, I'm going to my first indie wrestling show next week. What should I expect? Uh, Bring a a sleeping bag and a (laughs) pillow because they'll probably have 13 matches. (laughs) And uh, they'll advertise it for 7 and it won't start till 7.30. And then there'll be a 45-minute intermission. And then uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it really depends on what indie. I mean, there's. I don't mean such to disparage whichever promotion. Yeah, this is why I really haven't missed doing shows that often. I I love the act of getting in a ring and performing. I just hate the act of everything else that goes on around the show. It's like we have to have a fan fest. Uh, we have to have a meet and greet. It's like like that's like that's the new thing, which is cool, but. I'm used to, you know, if a show's at 8 o'clock, I'm used to getting there at, like, 5.30. Don't make me get there at 1 o'clock when I just got off a plane full of screaming babies. <laughs> let me go, you know, let me land. Let me get off the plane. Let me go back to the hotel. Let me maybe take a cat nap, you know, just or wash off the flight that I just got off. You know, let, let me literally go take a shower so I could wash this, the, the, the germs of the other people. I was on the plane, you know, in this germ tube with for a couple hours <laughs> let me let me just catch my bearings and then i'll go to the building and then we'll just have an intermission you know but now everybody's got to have a fan fest and, uh, so on and so forth but uh yeah 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know what pro- the promotion is, but uh, hopefully they run seven matches and the show's over and done in two hours. So you can have the rest of your night to have a social life, you know? That's what a wrestling show should be. <clears throat> you go to a wrestling show, have a great two hours. It could be a part of your evening. Yeah. Hey, let's go to the wrestling show. And then we'll go to the bar afterwards or... Or if a promotion's really smart, they'll say, we'll have the show, and then come have dinner with the wrestlers at so-and-so's steakhouse or so-and-so's mom-and-pop restaurant. I have the mom-and-pop restaurant sponsor the show. Then everybody goes back, and then the mom-and-pop make their money back. You know, everybody goes back. They have a meal. They have this really good, you know, casual time around the wrestlers, and everybody gets to eat and be merry, you know? Just... uh, it's it's a simple, it's a simple uh, formula that not too many people take. You know, Donnie B was Donnie Nova's brother. Donnie B ran perfect shows. Uh, you go in there. No, as you say, that? James says the promotion is next level wrestling. Um, unfortunately, I have not heard of them, but uh, hopefully they, it's a hopefully it's a good show. But uh, Donnie B used to run shows for it was Phoenix Championship Wrestling out of Tom's River. You go there. The show be two hours, in and out. You go, uh, you know, do some intermission, sell some merchandise, and then he would have like a sp- sponsor, like a, an Italian restaurant, where we'd all go there, and the fans would come out, and we'd all have a good time, you know, and just ca- be casual, you know. You know, if the fans weren't like staring at their watch while the three counts hitting, you know, that's the worst show you go to. You know, these guys are killing each other in the main event. And then before the three count, they got everybody knows the one, two, and then instead of cheering, they're putting on their jacket because yep. you know you've held them hostage for four hours. <laughs> you know what? What the fuck? It should be a it should be a fun part of your night, not a hostage situation. Um, here's a one to to break it up a little bit. Uh, Antonio <laughs> Mini Transit, uh, Patreon member. Um, he writes, uh, "How do you guys like your steak?" Well done. Uh, medium, medium rare. Not rare, but a little pink in the middle. I used to, so I haven't, I don't eat meat anymore, but I used to love steak. And uh, there was a while where I was like, oh, I'll have it well done. And then I was like, I learned that that was a terrible thing to do. So uh, by the end, it was medium. I didn't like it rare, but medium. No. Yeah, when I when I was a kid, I heard I would hear "well done," and you you hear the word "well done," and you're like, "Oh, that must be the perfect way." Exactly right. Um, no, great question here from uh, snipping is fun. No. Uh, where did you get your dance moves from? Like, what inspired it? Uh, lack of rhythm. Just uh, was it like a raising the roof type situation? Was well, it Booker like- T was doing the raising the roof thing, and then Nova started doing the raising the roof. I guess because that was the thing at the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went from raising the roof to uh, trying to keep my balance. I guess I don't know. I just turned into the meanie dance. It's like uh, one night I had to dance off of Bubba, and Paulie looks at me and goes, "Can you dance?" I go, yes. And in my head, I go, no. <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, I always, I always do the butter churn or you know whatever stupid dance and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> yeah, it just it became a happy accident that has caught on to. Uh, I had somebody email me, hey, look, here's me in the uh, commercial for the New York State Lottery, and I bust out a mini dance, you know? That's awesome. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's just uh, to see people bust it out randomly is pretty cool. Yep. It's a happy accident. Oh, Ooh. breaking news. I wanted to see if I could actually just break in to this. Uh, keep talking. <laughs> it's not that important. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got my hopes up that there was actually some... Well, well, I have a question for you about it. Okay. Um, did you hear like a loud burst of thunder this morning and then nothing? No. Okay. I did. My wife and I were... Uh, it was probably... I'm trying to think what time it would have been. Like seven something or so. Right. Maybe eight. I don't know what time it was, but all of a sudden we're, we're just talking um, and... We hear this like loud sounds like thunder and our freaking like wall in our house shakes like the really? the sliding. Uh, we have like a mirrored door, like a um, uh, like linen closet type deal. And the doors were shaking just for like a second. And we're like, whoa, like and then no storm, no anything. And that was it. Right. Like, what the f my wife just texted me now. Um, so that boom this morning, uh, that we were worried was thunder, uh, was apparently an earthquake. Huh? It is listed as an unconfirmed earthquake because none of the earthquake monitoring systems have actually confirmed it. Uh, but the effects were reported from South Jersey through Bucks County. Ah, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's like that an I mean, what the? F Come on, <laughs> what's going on here? Get we Mars had ready. like a, yeah, we had like a minor earthquake back in like maybe oh seven ish. Yeah, that's so everybody posted and, uh, the thing that never forget, and it had like a lawn chair <laughs> the tipped lawn over. Chair tipped <laughs> over. <laughs> but I do and, remember uh, that though. I remember. I remember I was driving in my car. I was driving in my car, and I felt my car move. I was like, and you know. When you're driving an older car, a car does slightly something different. You're like, you kind of go, huh? Is it breaking yeah. down? Is it breaking down? And yeah. But at the same time, somebody on the radio went, whoa, because I was listening to sports talk radio. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to WIP, and they're like, whoa. And they're like, they're in mid sentence, and they start selling. Yeah. That like the earthquake live on the radio. And like, as I, my, my car's shaking, and they're shaking in the radio station. And they're like, yeah, that was like a, a minor earthquake. And then, like, I get to where I'm going, and there's a guy who, uh, kind of dumb. I was like, hey, did you feel like this? Feel what? I was like, oh, nothing, nothing. Go back to fucking sleep. Yeah. <laughs> there's just a fucking earthquake. The whole, everybody but you felt. I, uh, I was also in the car when it happened. I was parked um, oh. and at a red light, and mm -hmm. I was on my way to work and all of a sudden it felt like when you're merging onto the turnpike and like a big ass truck yeah. comes by and it gives you that little shake. But again, mm -hmm. you know, I'm stopped at a light. All of a sudden I'm feeling it. Same thing as you. I'm going, all right, what is going on with my car? Let's throw this thing into park. And I literally, yeah. I, I, I put it in park and I'm like, 
I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I thought it was just me. I get to my office and I sit down at the computer and, and check out, you know, the news and, and that's, and everybody's just like, you feel that earthquake? You feel the earthquake? And I was like, holy. <laughs> um, but my brother was already at, at work and he did not feel anything. That's and crazy. It was like down the street. Like it wasn't that far, but he didn't feel anything. Um, that's weird. But yeah, but people felt at all different levels. But yeah, so apparently we had a little, little mini earthquake, a little earthquake. What, what time? What, what time was that? Um, I don't remember. I'm thinking, so it was definitely after seven o'clock. Um, I'd say somewhere between seven and eight would have been, I'm just trying to think. That's a weird stretch too from South Jersey to where you live. Yeah. And I, we didn't, we didn't feel anything. So weird. I said, no, uh, did they see, was it South Jersey? Is that what I said? I thought you said South Jersey. Maybe. Yeah, South Jersey through Bucks County is apparently. Yeah, weird. The weirdest thing, though, was the sound. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought it was thunder. Like, it sounded like it was just like a, you know, like it, it sounded like thunder. Um, weird. <laughs> uh, I was in an earthquake in California once. That was unique. Yeah. It's like, uh, did you ever see the cartoon where, you know, Tom and Jerry and the mouse is on the uh, piano keys or inside the thing and the cat's trying to go, and yeah. then like, <laughs> you see the quake coming to you, then you feel the quake, and then you turn around and you watch the quake leave you. It like, the ground shook coming up to me, Wow! and then I felt it, and then I turn around and watched it go away from me. It so was here, so bizarre. Here are my three earthquake experiences. Okay, all in California. Well, not counting, obviously, the ones we just talked about, but in California. So the first one I experienced was uh, I was in a hotel. I was up near, I want to say like Big Sur. Um, And I was with my buddy Mike, and we were headed up from San Diego up to meet some friends that lived in San Francisco. And we kind of, we were driving and stopping different places along the way. And... uh, we are in this hotel room, so I'm in my bed, he's in his bed, but uh, all of a sudden, like, he just felt sleeping, all of a sudden, it felt like the bed was just shaking, and then we hear this, like, banging on our door, and we're just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, we're, we're like, out cold. What the fuck? Yeah. Suddenly, <laughs> we wake up a little bit later, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, did you shake my bed? Because like, it felt like he went over and was just, because there's banging on the door. And I'm thinking to myself, did someone bang on the door? And he's just like, Josh, like, wake up. And he's like shaking the, you know, shaking the mattress or something. He's like, no, I thought you shook my bed. And I'm like, and that, I'm like, but did someone, did I dream someone banging on the door? He's like, I, he's like, no, I heard that too. So apparently there was an earthquake and someone came by and banged on the door to wake us up to let us know that there was an earthquake. And we were just like, eh, not dealing with that. So that was the first <laughs> thing. So we're like, wow, that's crazy. So then when I lived in California, um, I was about 30 miles north of LA. And well, no, I was actually, I was in Studio City first, the first mm-hmm. earthquake. And it was me, my wife, and our cat was sleeping on the bed. And it's middle of the night. 
And all of a sudden, we're up, we're a few floors up in our apartment, and all of a sudden, everything starts shaking. Like, it is just, everything's shaking, but it's quiet. But the cat jumps off the bed and is now, like, just in the middle of, like, definitely has, like, a what-the-fuck face, you know? And she's just, like, looking back and forth. Everything was shaking so much so that I was, like, I thought the building was going to collapse and everybody had to leave, you know? But we had cards. I want to say maybe they were, like, engagement cards. Like, we had just gotten engaged or whatever. We had cards on our breakfast bar, undisturbed. Weird. Like, everything shook, but those cards were still there. Like, it, so that was weird. And then the third one, I didn't even know what happened. Um, and I joked that it was just me dropping some weight at the gym because it was when we were living 30 miles. We lived out in uh, Valencia, California. And my wife's in the house, and I'm down the street at the gym. And I got home. She's like, did you feel that earthquake? She's like, holy crap. Like, that shook the whole house. I'm like, no. I'm like, I was right down the street at the gym. So I'm joking. I'm like, I mean, I was, you know. I had like uh, 115s at one point doing a little try workout and uh, you know I definitely dropped it. Was that it maybe? And she's like, shut the fuck up. And like, you know, but, um, but so I didn't feel that one, but we apparently had one, but it was all that stuff. And I may have told this before, like when we went to, when we moved into the house and they're like showing us through the house and the guy's like, yeah, and if there's an earthquake, you're going to run around here, turn the gas off. And I'm like, well, why? And he's like, well, you know, the gas pipe's running under the house, and obviously with an earthquake, you want to shut that gas off pretty quickly. And I'm like, but what if, like, what if I'm not home? Like, what if, you know, and he's like, oh, well, uh, I mean, you know, look, you'd probably be fine unless it's a really big earthquake. And that's when I was just like, we're going to move back to Pennsylvania. Like, this is, <laughs> this is bullshit. So, anyway, those are my earthquake experiences. Uh, oh, yeah. that, and I saw Earthquake and Typhoon backstage. <laughs> um, at the spectrum. At the spectrum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> KFA, uh, brother. Yeah. Um, hey, so uh, what do you think? We got time for uh, one, one more three part question? <laughs> sure. From Mark and Dryden. Uh, A three so, hour tour. So the first question here Did Meanie know in advance about surprise wrestlers coming in or not? And if so, who were any he was psyched or who or, or not psyched that he heard were coming in? So I guess we're thinking like ECW, there was like, you know, you'd have your surprises show up. Yeah, guys would just basically show up. Like, I was surprised to see him in the locker room and people were surprised to see him in the crowd. I, I wasn't privy to, uh, oh, I hear so-and-so's coming in, you know. Yeah. Uh, there was one t- one time they had talked about maybe having Vader do something because he was doing that uh, Vader Road Rage tour where he would just go to random promotions and just beat people up. <laughs> you know, he would show up in Memphis and he's different, you know, areas. And uh, I think there was talk about that once, but nobody really, uh, the only uh, wrestler I had an inkling that was coming, like when I was in WWE, is like he kind of knew Jericho was coming. But that was about it, you know, as far as my tenure in WWE. Uh, but, like, dude, like I said, you know, I was in ECW, and I was looking out, checking out the crowd, and I saw Tracy Smothers walking through the crowd, you know, come back to the locker room. I was like, holy shit, cool, Tracy's here, you know. Or, you know, you see fucking Lawler walk through the back, you know, the night he uh, 
comes in like, hey, Jerry. Hey, Meanie. How you doing? And uh, he had walked in. Uh, we had our own. Uh, they were called damage crew. They were our own medics. People thought they were gimmicks, but they were real medics. I guess because they had, you know, they were called, they had a gimmick name. So people thought they were, yeah. weren't really medics. So I, I forget what happened. And uh, the, I, I wish I could remember her name. Um, had a bottle of rubbing alcohol and squoze it or squeezed it, whichever you prefer. And I accidentally shot a stream of rubbing alcohol right in my eye. Oh. It's like maybe I had like a scrape and she was helping me just clean it off. Or something. Maybe I got caned. I don't know. I'm just trying to hypothesize why she was. Yeah, she had to rub it out hole, but she went like this to grab it and put the lid on it. And when she went like that, it went like snake venom right in the eye. Jeez. I'm like, ah. Oh. And Jerry walks in. Hey, me. Hey, Jerry. I'm like, like rubbing my eye. He's like, what happened? I was like, I just got my alcohol. And uh, that was about it. And then, like, when Cornette came in. It was usually at the travel lodge when you get shot in the eye like that. (laughs) But but it was was never – it wasn't that sanitary. Um, (laughs) Oh, my. But, uh, no, seriously, like, uh, Lawler came in. I didn't know until he – I mean, uh, Cornette came in. I didn't know he until he walked through the back. Hey, Meanie, how you doing? Hey, Hey, Jim, how you doing? Did that kind of stuff. Now, we had surprise guys hanging in the back, like – you know, uh, uh, Scotty Riggs would come hang out. Like yeah. if he was off from, had an off night. Uh, one night, Mike Kyoto came by just to hang out with Fonzie because oh, he was cool. from. Yeah, he was a. Ref. He's WWE, but he was from. He's WWE, but he lived in Cherry Hill at the time, so he would just come over with Fonzie and hang out. You know, just um, different things. I know I said I was going to do like a three part Mark and Dryden, but we got some other. Great questions from our Patreon members. Sure. Let's do it. I want to just hit a couple of things. So one thing Antonio Santos says, uh, Matt Cardona or Nick Gage, who do you got? Um, <laughs> dude, I, I love what they're doing. Like, it feels... You know, I'm not a big Nick Gage fan, or really a Nick Gage fan at all. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful. I'm just not... It's not my, it's not my thing, the death matches. You know, right. like I respect it. it it's, you know, not diminishing or whatever if you're a fan of it but it's not my thing but what i will say is that dude seems real so when you're looking at this and clearly it's a work right like you know intelligently you know it's a work because cardona didn't just show up at gcw and nick gage who's you know, it's 100% a shoot and gets hit with a double arm DDT. You know what I mean? Like, and is selling in the corner. Like, so there's that part. I like how Cardona did the Moxley shoulder thing. Oh, it was fantastic. Was People thought it was John Moxley yep. coming in. It was fantastic. And Cardona, he just, that dude has figured out, and you shouldn't be surprised when you think about how he got himself over with the internet long before anybody else and well other than you of course putting it on your shirt but um he uh i I love it i'm scared for him i'm like what are you doing man like get the get out of there what are you doing um but uh i i think uh man if you want nuclear heat cardona's gotta become gcw champion Dude, like, he's holy, playing it up. Holy shit. 
<laughs> and he's playing it up really good. He's like, I love my GCW universe. Yep. Oh, and he is just, like it's incredible. The uh, the MDK. Yeah. And he's got Major Detoff King, because the Detoff is where he displays his figures. It is made. Somebody said something online, which I agree completely. <laughs> they need to have a detoff needs to be brought in, like, and someone needs to be like suplexed through a detoff or something. Um, Dude, but, I didn't even I didn't even know that until you just said it. That's great. Yeah, it, it, it's. I am. Uh, I will say this. I don't watch GCW. Um, I admire GCW. I I. I you know, first of all, I know their crew, GoPro, that does the, the video for it. They're, mm-hmm. they're the best in the business. They're awesome. Um, mm-hmm. the, there's a hell of a lot of talent coming through GCW. Again, I don't watch. It's not really my my cup of tea. Um, right. And that's okay. That, you know, it's okay if it is yours. Uh, but I'll be watching this for sure. Um, if not, I admire if them. not actually being there, there's a chance I might actually... Go down there because it is going to be on fight and it is going to be relatively local. I think it's going to be down in, in Atlantic City. And, um, yeah. you know, so they might want me to do something with this being that big of a, a thing. And by they might want me to, I may or may not be calling Mike Weber tomorrow and saying, hey, Mike, <laughs> you want me down there? Um, but I got to say, I admire them because I ran 3PW in Philly and just trying to run a show over in Jersey became a fucking hassle. And these guys are running shows in like Wyoming. Yeah, it's like they're they're running random, they're running shows, but in like random places. And I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. That's kind of cool. Uh, again, you know, I hate that. I I have to say this before I say it. it's like like the death match stuff really isn't my thing. Yeah. And people go, well, you were an ECW. Yeah, that's how I got the opinion. You know, you get like um um. Uh, Lance Storm and uh, Jack Evans got into it the other day on about Lance Twitter. Storm's tweet. I was just gonna say, yeah, I lo- that that quote. Here, continue. I, I, that's exactly what I was gonna just say. No, he, I, he has his quote, but mine was like, uh, "We used to uh, protect each other and tell the world it was real. Now we kill each other and tell the world it's fake." Mm-hmm. But uh, he has a different version of it. But, but same it deal still yeah. applies. But like. He, if you're going after Lance Storm, uh, you're going after the wrong person. Um, because Lance is, you know, guys like Lance, and I'm not even saying I'm on Lance's level as a worker, but, like, guys like us say certain things because we've seen what that stuff does. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen the evolution of Balls Mahoney go from this barrel-chested 300-pound guy down to a guy who... Lost all his teeth and couldn't eat, and you know, died on his couch. You know, just yeah. You know, I so I've seen the effects of what deathmatch stuff does, and if it's your thing, cool. But please heed a warning to say, hey, you know, it's it's not going to last, and you're not going to make money doing it if you're doing it because you like pain. And fine, I, I'm not going to. I'll never discourage anybody. As long as you're not physically harming somebody else or ruining somebody else's life doing something, have at it. You know, you want to smoke weed, you want, fine. You want to drink booze, fine. As long as you're not, you know, beating somebody else up or robbing them or stealing their money, okay, fine. As long as you're contained to yourself. But I'm going to tell you, you could do all the deathmatch stuff you want and 
there's people who enjoy it and there's an audience for it. I'm not knocking it. It's not for me and I wouldn't advise doing it for the long term. Because I've seen what it does to people. And that's my opinion from a guy who's in ECW. A <laughs> uh, question from James Sorensen. Josh, what was your comeback sequence and what was your finisher? Because I'll never get to see your matches. Thank you, OVW. <laughs> well, I will say the stuff in OVW, the people who were there have said that it was some of the greatest wrestling they've ever seen. Um it, it was one of those things, the matches I put on specifically in OVW uh, and specifically the tapes that have been destroyed <laughs> were, pro I mean, up there, I don't want to say it's like AJ Styles studied them, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying that, but like, it was kind of one of the, I remember, oh God, the story's Undertaker was just like, dude, you put that kid on the same card as me, I'm retiring because I can't follow that. Like, there was like a lot of stuff uh, like or, that. Unfortunately, all of those tapes were destroyed. Um, but uh, but you could probably still find some stuff where uh, where I was just kind of we'll say phoning phone it in. Um, yeah, wasn't wasn't really anything to write home about. Um, no. So uh, comeback sequence. Um, it's funny when you're jobbing out. You don't really get a lot of time when it's like a two minute squash to get a comeback sequence. Um, <laughs> But, uh, no, I, I uh, as far as my finish for a while, I used a, a, a thing. It was kind of like, uh, like a bulldog slash uh, cutter that, like, I would use their own arm under them and then hit, like, a kind of like a running bulldog and have them give themselves, like, a, like a RKO type thing. Um, but some people, I like, couldn't figure out how to take it, and it could get a little awkward. So towards the end of my career, like, the the... Uh, what I did to beat like Rich Swan, um, what I did to beat him, you know. But you know, you get what I'm saying. But what the move I did there was, um, I would do a, a DDT, kind of like the even flow, like the float over DDT, and I'd roll through with it and lock my legs around. So I'd end up sitting, and they would be sitting. I'd lock them into a guillotine, and then for a submission. Um, yeah. But as far as like with like a comeback, um, I mostly worked heel. Um, but I would say that I usually would involve some sort of like a flying back elbow, something like that. And, uh, like most like flying back elbows. And then if I was, maybe I'd duck under and hit like a, like a duck under clothesline neck breaker or something like that. Like they're, they're, I'd have to really think about it to remember. I didn't have like a set, you know, I, I didn't make it big enough to to necessarily have that type of stuff. But, um, like, Manny, what would your, like, comeback sequence have been? Like, did you have, like, I didn't have a, a, I didn't have that, you know? Yeah, my matches basically started off with me being the fun-loving guy, and then somehow I get screwed over, and then I would become serious. And then, um, you, know, so, you know, always dependent on the opponent. You yeah. know, you never have, and you always try to switch it up a little. You know, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, the, I, th I think it's been well documented. Yeah. I, I'm more, I've been more of a tag team guy. So I usually just hot tag. You know, make the hot, hot tag yeah. and fire up and, uh, figure out a way to get everybody involved. And then, yeah. uh, depending on who's going over, you know, you just got to figure that out. Yeah. Like for but, me, uh, like I said, it really was, sometimes it would be one of those things where it would be, uh, 
you know, they'd send me off. I'd either duck under the, the clothesline and hit a neck breaker. I'd duck under, hit the ropes and hit them with a flying back elbow or flying forearm or something, something like that. It was like a cutoff type deal. Um, yeah. and then from there I would just, you know, punch and kick, <laughs> punch and kick him into the ropes to go send him off, do something. And, you know, and, and then, and then get cut off again and lose. Um, so, you know, that was it. Um, but no, it was, uh, I'm sure if I look back, I'd be like, oh, wow, I uh, actually did have this. I actually did do these moves, <laughs> but I don't really remember. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so um, I guess at this point, um, maybe... Before we go, yeah. uh, I'd like to plug that this Thursday, if you're listening, uh, well, if you're listening now on Patreon, this Thursday, if you're listening on Monday, this Thursday. Uh <laughs> I'll be doing a virtual signing Thursday, June 17th at 7 p.m. for Signed by Superstars. You can pre-order right now. Uh, they have various 8x10s and stuff. Uh, you can uh, purchase, and I will sign. Go to signbysuperstars.com. Uh, do your pre-order right now. Uh, and if you want to watch me sign your item live, go to facebook.com. Slash signed by superstars. That'll be this Thursday night. And uh, and this Wednesday night, I will be on a park bench in Monduck Park. Um, and I will have a stack of 8x10s next to me. If anybody wants to come by, I'll be feeding the pigeons. Um, but uh, no, I, uh, yeah, definitely uh, check that out. Meanie's getting, this is like, I feel like it's like the start, Meanie, of you kind of getting like your feet wet back into... Yeah. Getting, uh, yeah. getting back do- out there? Yeah, I'm not doing sh- – well, I, I got the Alaska show, and that's about mm-hmm. it. But I'm not re- not really looking into uh, getting back. But, like, I'll sign no, I'll sign all fucking day. Yeah. You know? Interact and uh, be jovial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is like my put my foot in the, in the water, even though it's just uh, an enclosed signing. So it's just strictly virtual. But it'll be a good time. Uh this Thursday, 7 p.m., signed by superstars.com. Uh, get in there and uh, get it on. Uh, I don't know what that means, but just do it. James kind of threw a last-minute question in. Uh, do you think we'll ever see Mind of the Meanie in AEW or WWE? Mind of the Meanie? I'm no, like, I guess there's technically a chance that an AEW show could happen in Philly that Meanie could be like a guest at AEW and I could be there for fight doing like a pre-show backstage thing and like interview Meanie backstage at AEW before or after the show. I kind of feel like that's seeming like the most likely chance of something like that ever happening. But uh, um, I will say WWE, um, they do not do not seem... Uh, we were trying to do something for So So Chernoff where I was going to interview a, a really good friend of mine. And WWE said, oh, no, he's too busy. And he said, mm, I'm not busy. And they said, yeah, you're too busy. So <laughs> doesn't look like I'm going to be working with WWE anytime soon. Um, you know, Meanie, I don't uh, – I think Meanie I, I – don't, I don't think mind of the Meanie, but I, I think Meanie – 
you have not seen the last of Meanie in WWE, and I think Meanie in AEW has to happen at some point. That's just Hopefully. my opinion. Um, we yeah. shall see. Yeah. And I mean, if it counts as mine of the Meanie in the sense that I'll be watching it on TV and probably take a <laughs> selfie of myself with Meanie on the screen behind me, then yeah, that, that there's a good chance. But um, no, if I could see... <laughs> If I there you go, if I could see Meanie uh, on AEW or WWE, and if the the greatest thing that could happen would be if Meanie's involvement in this podcast could play even the tiniest role in him being on AEW or WWE, that to me would be a uh, that would be a win. And uh, I, I like being the surprise anyway. So yeah, so. Yeah, um, but I guess that's... Uh, that's all she wrote. Yeah, that's it. Uh, unfortunately, I'm looking at the time, and apologies to Al Snow. Uh, oh, Al has shit. been in the green room sitting here. Should I let it? You know what? No, I, we don't have enough time. Uh, Al? Nah. Is there <laughs> enough water in there for him? Does, I mean, like, is he uh, staying hydrated? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. No, he's probably, you know what? He's actually, I think he's, he's trying to, right now he's, he's going through tapes, probably trying to find the old tapes of my classics. Um, yes. but, uh, yeah. I sorry. Mean, which, yeah. Um, sorry you can't do it, but, uh, but in all seriousness, uh, my stuff in a, in a OVW was, uh, they were matches. The bell rang and then the bell rang at the end, uh, and moves were done in the middle. Um, but uh, I may or may not have been exaggerating some of the quality of said <laughs> matches. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, but you'll never see them. So, anyway, uh, Al, again, apologize. We're sorry. Um, so, f- so bad. So yeah, but, uh, but I think we'll just kind of wrap it up. Hey, so, Meanie, uh, again, where, where can they do this thing, uh, this virtual signing? Thursday. What time? This th- this Thursday, 7 p.m., signed by superstars.com. Uh, pre-order your uh, photo, and uh, I will sign them live Thursday night on facebook.com slash signed by superstars. And, you know, if you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, I, I just missed what he said. There's no way I'll remember that. I'm driving in the car listening to this. Well, that's fine. Just make sure that you follow him at BlueMeanieBWO on Twitter, <laughs> and he'll be tweeting all about it across all social media platforms. Uh, you can follow me at so says Chernoff, and you can follow us at Mind of the Meanie. Make sure that you go to YouTube.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Uh, and subscribe, hit that that uh, subscribe, that like, and that bell so you know what's going on. We do have that new episode of uh, Talking with Friends over there. It's gotten uh, nice reviews, which I, I, I really appreciate. Very um, nice. Very nice. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, what else? Oh, yeah, make sure, go over to uh, Brothers Gatter. Um, you're going to want to, we'll, we'll post a link there, but uh, you're definitely going to want to go and pre-order uh, Meanie and my, it's Brothers Gadder, G A D D O R.com, Brothers Gadder.com, and go to their events section and pre order um, as, uh, as, as soon as you can to make sure that you can be there for the virtual or the in person. We would love to see you again. The event is going to be August 7th in Port Henry, New York. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, I guess 
That's really it. Uh, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie, and ProWrestlingTees.com slash So Says Sure Enough. Also, while you're there, check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash That Was Extreme, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Talking With Friends. Uh, we've got lots of stuff over there. Um, so go, have fun, buy shirts, uh, and if you want Meanie to say hi to you and, and congratulate someone on their high school graduation or whatever it is uh go to cameo.com slash blue mini bwo and if you want me to break up with someone for you or whatever it is i'll do that um go to cameo.com slash so says sure enough uh but most importantly meanie i think they need to come back here each and every monday for another trip to the mind of the moon Blip, 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 blue world order. The world of MLW Radio never stops.